Hi, and welcome to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message, where we study scripture together verse by verse. Let's jump in now for this week's message. Verse 24, and the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him. So, there's the purpose, so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. I'm going to pause there because I'm distracted with a thought. (coughs) Which came first, deliverance or obedience? We just went through the history of Israel. Israel is in Egypt being heathens. Moses comes. Why? Because God sent him. Now the question, and and then God delivers Israel, takes them out in the desert and gives them the law. Which came first, obedience to the law or deliverance? Thank you, Larry. Larry, let's just, let's just talk about Jesus a little bit. I don't know what the rest of these people are doing. Not soap. In explaining to their children, he says, you're going to explain to your children that you were in slavery and God came and delivered you and then gave you land. But dad, we haven't even obeyed or done anything to honor God yet. And he's like, yes, yes. So, verse 24, I'm gonna read it again. See, I thought I was gonna go really fast this morning. Obviously, I gotta slow down. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so he can, what's the word? I put it up here, I put it up here. A bunch of readers here. And the Lord, I'm just going to stop until you get it. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so he can continue. This is mind-blowing that God would bless you before you're worthy of it. Oh, that's good. Okay, I'll continue because y'all are giving me that look, like, whatever, Brent. So he, God, can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day, verse 25. He says, for we will be counted as righteous. Here's the reason for the law. When your kids say, why do we have to obey these things? For we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands the Lord our God has given us. God gave Israel the law so that God could continue to bless and preserve their lives and to be counted so that they could be counted as righteous. You with me? Blessing, life, and righteousness comes from obedience to the law. That would have been the Jewish understanding. We want to obey God. Why? Because he's already delivered us. He's already given us the promised land. And we want to obey him so that he will continue to bless us, to give us life, and to count us righteous. So far, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he is promising blessings in the Beatitudes. He's promising life whenever he says you're the salt of the the earth and the light of the world. He's promising life and he's promising righteousness, but he has failed to reference the cornerstone of Jewish understanding. 
But Jesus, how are we going to get all these blessings, life, and righteousness if we don't go back to the law? Jesus says, please don't misunderstand why I have come. I didn't come to abolish the law. We're not getting rid of the law or the writings of the prophets. No, I have come to accomplish. And this is one of those Greek words that we go, we blow through, and we don't really pay attention to what's going on there. Uh, It's translated a couple of different ways. But Jesus says, I've come to accomplish their purpose, the law was burdensome. Remember the Old Testament story. Does Israel, does Israel respond positively? Say, oh, man, this is like the key to the kingdom. How many times do you hear that TV preacher say that? Here's the keys to the kingdom. Here's the key is that we live in obedience to God and he's gonna bless us, give us life and righteousness. This is simple. We're just gonna do that and live in the glory of God. It's gonna be wonderful. Well, Israel tried, but they failed over and over because the law was burdensome. While the law was intended to make people righteous before God, it made people frustrated failures and self-centered egotists. Made them a bunch of church people. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day, by the way. Whether we fail to obey the law... Or we succeed, the law becomes about us, not about God. The law by itself falls short of glorifying God. That's a huge theological statement. I just want you to think for a minute while I drink water. The law by itself... But Brent, this is God's law given to Moses on Mount Sinai. The law by itself falls short of glorifying God. Do you you believe that? Larry and I do. The important, this is important, because Jesus did not come to abolish the law. He came to accomplish the original purpose of the law, which is to bless, to give life, and to bring righteousness. Jesus came to accomplish the original purpose of the law, to bless, to give life, and to bring righteousness. So back to our point. So uh, what, what is the purpose? What is the purpose that gets us to number two? To be great. I, uh, it's Mother's Day, so I'll give my mom a hard time. Uh, when we were kids, four of us, uh, my mom especially was really good about telling us, oh, you're going to be great. No matter what you do, you're going to be great. So we had to live up to that, right? Uh, we just always were going to be great. We, uh, I think that we even were raised uh, as headings. It's like, we're just, we're great. Why? Because I'm a heading. That's us. That's the heading family. We just, I like the way y'all are looking at me. Well, why can't we be a heading? Well... Not everybody gets to be ahead, and sorry. <laughs> we just a lot of pride in being ahead, and we're going to be great because we're ahead, and that's all. To be great. What is the purpose? To be great. Brent, you're being arrogant. Oh, watch this. Watch this. Verse 18. Jesus says, it's in your Bibles, it's written in red. He says, I tell you the truth. I'm not making this up. <laughs> I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, 
Not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. First, Jesus assures us that not even the smallest detail of God's law is going to be unfulfilled. God's law will be perfected. Another way of saying it, in, uh, uh, actually it's a, a very literal translation, would be the purpose of God's law will be completely filled in the sense of a jar being filled to the top. Can you picture that in your, in your mind's eye? The purpose of God's law will be completely filled up. So we have this container that is the purpose, the intention of God's law, and it's not full all the way, but it will be. Every single detail of the Old Testament law, all of its purpose will be completely filled to the top, therefore fulfilled. I like that. The law is not going away, and there is uh, the implication that the purpose of the Old Testament law has not been completely filled. Did you catch that? God gives us the Old Testament law, but it hadn't been fulfilled yet as of Matthew chapter 5. He says, I've come so that it, I'm not abolishing it, I've come so that it will be fulfilled. Second, sometimes I think I geek out more than you guys do over scripture. I go, okay, so the Old Testament law is fulfilled. Funny, Brent. Number two, second thing going on here. Jesus indicates two groups of people. This gets serious, verse 19. Verse 19, Jesus indicates two groups of people. The first are those who ignore the least commandments. Don't look around right now, eyes forward. The first group of people who ignore the least commandments, you know those unimportant ones. I'm not sure what, what the least commandments are because he doesn't delve into that. But Jesus is making the point that even when we may consider the little commandments are of But Jesus is making the point that even what we may consider the little commandments are of significant consequence to our place in the kingdom of heaven. Did you follow that? Like, it's no big deal. Oh, no. We, we may think it's no big deal. Uh, it's, no one really notices. Sweetheart, God notices. And you get put in the group of the least in the kingdom. I'm a heaven, so I don't want to be in the least of the group of, in heaven, Right? We, uh, we used to sing songs about just barely making it into heaven. And I don't know why those songs to this day just grate my nerves. If I can just, I don't need a mansion in heaven. I just need a cabin over in the corner of glory. There's nothing biblical about that at all. However, 
Jesus does say here that there's those who don't obey the little commandments and so they will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't think that Jesus is saying this to make some of us feel bad about being the least in the kingdom of heaven group. Jesus is making the case that there are eternal consequences to ignoring what we perceive as even the least of God's commandments. Because we do sometimes, as we read through the Bible, we're like, well, that commandment doesn't really count. That's a little one. Don't worry about it. We'll fudge a little bit. God's law is eternally important. I like the way you're looking at me. I'm getting you right in the corner where I want you. And then there's this other group that Jesus is talking about in verse 19. Those who obey and teach God's laws they will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. The Old Testament understanding of obeying the law is directly tied to God's blessing, life, and righteousness. Those who obey God's laws will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Those who obey God's laws will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So some of you are like, well, but Brent, the reason we come to this church is because it's not a Jewish church where we have to read God's law and obey God's law and do all of those, what, what I said earlier was burdensome, all those things that are burdensome. And we want to we live, we want to go to a church where there's grace and where the spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. freedom. We do whatever we want. Then Brent comes along and says, well, Jesus says that if you're not keeping the law, even the littlest, then you're going to be a loser in heaven. <laughs> Can't wait to write a translation. That's my retirement plan. We'll change it to you're a loser in the kingdom of heaven. Pursuing <laughs> That's going to be the only thing anybody remembers from my sermon this morning. Pursuing greatness is what gets us in trouble with the law. When, when our goal is pursuing greatness, that gets us in, in trouble. Yet Jesus is teaching that being recognized as great is a result of obedience to the law. Do you follow that? You obey the law, then the kingdom of heaven goes, oh, this guy's great. He obeys the law. There is blessing, life, and righteousness in the law. That was the purpose of the law. There is greatness in the Old Testament law. Man, I feel like you guys just drove a stake in the ground and said, we will go no further with you, Brent. It should give you reason to pause. The question on the table is, what is the purpose? What is the purpose of Jesus coming? To fulfill the law. Well, then what's the purpose of the law? To make us all miserable? Number three, to be better than perfect. Oh, just makes your heart sink. This is a, a catch-22 because I know that some of us, I tend to be this way, are perfectionist. And there's nothing more wonderful than when you have done something and you can look back at it and say, that is perfect. I like that. <clears throat> some of you are like, you just do whatever and it's done and that's fine. Uh, but better than perfect, all oh, that resonates with some of us. But then that's a two-edged sword in that, well, 
I work hard to get to perfection. And so how in the world, how daunting is better than perfection? You might as well just suck the air out of my lungs because better than perfect? Brent, that doesn't even make sense. Verse 20, 20. (laughs) Jesus says, I love it. I love, I love teaching the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking to this group of people who he's sitting down on the side of the hill and Galilee of Galilee's there and, you know, the breeze is blowing. It's beautiful. These people are standing, listening to him because he's like this, I'm not sure if he's a crazy man yet or not. I mean, what he's saying is, is just larger than life. And, and he's been, he's told us we're the salt and the light and that's intriguing and attractive. And, and then he says, I'm not throwing, he said, I didn't come to get rid of the law, uh, but I've come to fulfill the law. And he says, he says this, he says, but I warn you, so the whole, the whole fun evening is interrupted with Jesus saying, but I warn you, listen, listen, listen. Because this is, what I just told you, you're about to abuse. So I'm gonna warn you, pay attention here. Unless your righteousness, how do we get righteousness from the Old Testament law? Your, unless your righteousness is better then the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, are you picturing this in your head? Unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers and the religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Way to ruin the evening, Jesus. Did Jesus just contradict himself? Because in the previous verse, Jesus said, if you ignore the least commandment and teach, it, uh, to teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. So uh, it's not crazy to imply that you would be in the kingdom of heaven where you would be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. So these people, this group of people who don't keep the least of the commandments, Evidently, they're there. But then he says that you have to be more perfect than the teachers, more righteous than the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees. Um, (coughs) Unless your righteousness, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, he says, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The religious teachers and the Pharisees They're the ones who are depicted in the New Testament as going beyond the Old Testament law to keep the Old Testament law. These are the frustrating people that whenever it says drive 55, they drive 54. (laughs) This morning, this morning, yeah, yeah. This morning I'm coming to church. This car pulls out in front of me. I got close enough to, to read a small bumper sticker. <laughs> There's my confession. They have a bumper sticker that is, looks like Jesus, right? Because we know exactly what Jesus looks like. Uh, and it says, I, st- I saw you do that. And I'm like, but you pulled out in front of me. I, I didn't do it. I just, I just didn't mash the brakes. I just stayed on the accelerator. <laughs> 
The religious leaders, stay on track, Brent. The Pharisees, they're the ones who, who are depicted in the New Testament as going beyond the law to keep the law. They don't even want to come close to breaking the law. They made laws to keep them away from breaking the laws, the law of Moses, because they, they didn't want to make themselves unrighteous before the people and before God. And now Jesus comes along and he says, we have to be more righteous than these ultra-righteous religious leaders. Otherwise... We will never enter the kingdom of heaven. It's like Jesus is changing the rules. He's raising the standard right here in the middle of the story. Jesus is not calling us to be great. That's what he did the last verse. The last verse, he said, you're going to be great in the kingdom of God if you keep the law of Moses. He's not calling us to be great. Now he is saying we have to be better than perfect or else will not be allowed to enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't know how you are, but that's frustrating to me. God sets the standards and here's the law. This is going to make you righteous. And then he goes, eh, you can't do it. And then he comes along with Jesus and Jesus says, we've got to fulfill the law. You've got to do it so that you can get into the kingdom of heaven. That's not good enough. Even if you did, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. You have to have a higher righteousness, a better righteousness, a more supreme righteous, righteousness. So put yourself in the sandals of the people listening to, to Jesus here on, on the, beside the Sea of Galilee for several months. They have heard John the Baptist and Jesus himself proclaiming. Their message has been, repent, change the way you're thinking. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's coming and you better get ready for it. <clears throat> And so because these people have a Jewish, a lot of them have a Jewish background, I would assume that they desperately want to be part of the kingdom of heaven. Who doesn't want to be part of the kingdom of heaven? So they've been brushing up on their Old Testament law. They've been trying a little harder to keep the Sabbath and not covet their neighbor's stuff. They're trying hard to prepare themselves because the kingdom of heaven is coming. We got to get ready for it. And now Jesus says, oh, by the way, you have to be more perfect than the Pharisees. You have to be better than perfect. Jesus, all we have is the law. All we have is the law. Better than perfect is an un reasonable standard. You okay? We just, we just went a long way around a big mountain, didn't we? Better than perfect. Jesus, I think you're crazy, number one. Number two, the standard that you're putting out there is an unreasonable standard. Not only are we not able to keep the law, but the Pharisees are making jerks out of themselves trying to keep the law, and then you're saying we have to be more perfect than the Pharisees. No! It is an impossible standard. Impossible standard. Jesus has been out in the sun too long. Because we all know that this is where I live. Well, I'm being generous to myself. This is where I live, right? On the standard of righteousness. This is where I want people to think I, I live, but this is where I really live, okay? And then there's the standard of the law, which is, is high, there's the standard of the arrogant, self-absorbed Pharisees, which live, depending on how you measure it, maybe up here, maybe, maybe way down here. I don't know. I don't know where they fall. 
And then there's this standard where Jesus says we have to live to the standard that we have to live up to in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, which is, I need a ladder to make the point. You understand? The standard that Jesus is calling these people to and you and I is, it's just, it's high. It's, it's impossibly, it's impossibly unreasonably high. It's too high. It's just too, too much. The Pharisees did not do it. The Israelites did not do it. Jesus comes and says, I'm going to fulfill it. And if you don't, you're not going to heaven. It's impossible. That's why Jesus says, whenever he starts to say this, because he knows he's about to frustrate everybody, he says, but I warn you, I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. He's not saying you're gonna get close. Oh man, you missed it by half a commandment. No, he says never, not even, not a snowflake's chance. The kingdom of heaven is requiring supreme righteousness. Righteousness that is superior to the law of Moses. The law and the prophets is not enough to enter the kingdom of heaven. The law and the prophets only gets the cup half full. Are you with me? Back to that whole accomplish, fulfill thing. The law and the prophets only gets the cup half full. Jesus says he didn't come to abolish the half full cup of the law. Jesus has come to fill up the cup all the way to, to complete the purpose of the law, to fill it until it even runs over a little. That's why Jesus is coming. Did you feel hopeless there for a second? I wanted you to. I desperately needed you to. I desperate. God needs you to know you can't. That's a great t-shirt. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Nike says you can do it. No, you can't. I can prove it from scripture. You can do your best with the law. You can't. You can be like the Pharisees and add more laws to the law. You still can't. Jesus came to take the, the, the law that, that has this huge purpose and it only fills up a little bit and Jesus is gonna completely fill it up. Jesus has come to fill up the cup, the purpose of the law. The law and the prophets can point you toward partial righteousness. It can point you towards righteous deeds. But that is not the end. The law can point us toward God's blessings, towards life and toward righteousness, but the law does not complete the task. The law does not fulfill the need for righteousness that you and I must have to become citizens of the kingdom of heaven. But Brent, I'm a good person. God doesn't want a good person. He wants a more than perfect person. And you can't do that. Hallelujah. It seems like y'all are not with me. Don't Misunderstand why Jesus has come. 
That's how we started. Why did Jesus come? To fulfill the purpose of the law. To make you more than righteous. Oh, Brent, that's good. I know it. Jesus preached it. It's his sermon. I just repeated it. Don't misunderstand why Jesus has come. He did not come to abolish the law because we act that way sometimes. Well, I'm saved by grace now. I don't need the law anymore. No, Jesus came to complete the law's purpose in you. Jesus has come to personally bring you personally in the sense like he comes into inside of us. He didn't just write a book and send it to you. No, 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 no. Jesus comes to bring inside of you God's supreme blessing, God's supernatural eternal life, and God's supreme righteousness. How do we get to this standard of the kingdom of God? Well, you don't. Jesus brings it to you. It's very simple. Well, what about the law? It's completed in Jesus. What about our hopelessness? Our only singular hope is in Jesus. Well, what about my ability to keep the law? We've proven for at least 8,000 years, you can't buy the t-shirt. You can't. But the back of the t-shirt should say, absolutely, Jesus can or did, already has. It's completed. We could say it's finished. You've been listening to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message. We would like to invite you to one of our service times at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings here in Farmington, New Mexico. If you'd like more information, please visit our website at desertheightschurch.com.